I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week we're talking about our five years of travel, our favorite moments, and uh, the best places that we've been to. Yeah, we've been traveling full-time since February 2006, and we've visited over 50 countries in that time. We've met dozens of amazing people. So um, we thought it might be time for a bit of navel-gazing, and uh, we'd like you to indulge us as we talk about our favorite places and favorite moments of the last five years. Yeah, this week we're uh, still stopped in Auckland for a bit. Uh, Linda's doing some teaching, and I'm sitting at home getting a nice tan off the laptop screen. (laughs) At least you can sit outside while you're working. Yeah, It's not exactly like you're stuck inside in an office in a cave. You've got sea views. And And I never have to catch the tube. That's right. So, I mean, it's not exactly a hard life. <laughs> well, remember, you can help the Indie Travel Podcast keep on traveling by booking through us. Visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights slash hotels slash hostels and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. We've also got daily deals updating at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. You can also visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when you're shopping online. We'll get a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or slash audiobook, if you'd prefer. Yeah, you can indeed. Well, I haven't had time to do any travel hacking this week, but how about you? How many miles have you earned? What what are you up to? Sign up at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash travel hacking and let us know how it goes. Well, let's get started talking about our crazy travels, which is what we used to call our blog, actually, which was I think was quite uh, appropriate, really. To begin, I suppose it would be most helpful to do a quick overview of what we've been up to over the last five years. So apologies to listeners who've heard it all before. Indeed. Well, in January, God, I'm bad with months. uh, (laughs) It's the first time. (laughs) What is the first month of the year? June. Just because you were born there doesn't make it the first month. (laughs) It's the first for me. (laughs) In January 2006, we we finished off our jobs here in Auckland, and we started with a road trip around New Zealand with a friend of ours. We travelled for about a month before we jumped in a plane and stopped in Hong Kong for a bit and then spent three years floating around Europe. Yeah, we lived in Malta for six months. It was only going to be three, but we um, extended it to six. Then spent quite quite a lot of time in... Central Europe and and Western Europe. We stayed in England for about 10 weeks or so, then floated around the continent a bit more, um, ran out of money, ran out of visa, did a trip to Turkey, (laughs) walked the community to Santiago, uh, stayed in England for a bit longer, and then took off to Australia. Yeah, so that was our first time stopping in Malaysia, which we revisited again last year. But we had five days uh, in Kuala Lumpur before we jumped down to Perth in Australia. And there we worked and saved and worked some more because the Australian economy, if you can get a work and travel visa, is a great place to work and travel. Yeah, and we had a really good time there. It was summer, so it was perfect for us. Mm. Then we headed back to New Zealand. We came back in time for a wedding in around Easter time. And uh, we spent a couple of weeks up here and then went down to Christchurch to visit the rallies, then came back up and had about six months in Auckland. Then, then we took off again. So this was in February of last year. We went to South America for the first time, had four months there. It was awesome. Then we flew over to London, then back to New York. Then back to Europe for three months, and then over to Asia for two months, back to Australia for about five or six weeks, and then back here. And that's where we are now. Yeah, so I guess we arrived, what, about six a month to six weeks ago we got back into New Zealand something like that and uh, we spent some time down in Christchurch and did a very very quick New Zealand road trip 
<laughs> five um, day road trip. <laughs> five day road trip. Um, I counted it out the other day, and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's the most pitiful road trip ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, I guess it didn't help that we went from Wellington to Auckland in under 24 hours. Yeah, it was considerably under 24 hours. I think it was more like 14 hours. I mean, I, I know you can do it during the day, but considering we left at, I think it was 7.30 at night, <laughs> it was pretty impressive that we, we made it up, before, well, around lunchtime the next day. Yeah, yeah. Well, what would be your number one pick? We're going to go straight for, the, straight for the money question. What would be your number one experience over the last five years? Oh my goodness. Well, there there's so much to choose from, but I suppose it would be the Camino de Santiago. And I was listening to a podcast about this the other day, and they were saying, you know, if people find it really difficult to explain why it was so meaningful and so wonderful for them, and I, I, I can totally empathize with that, because it's hard to put into words. I think just the, the freedom of being outside of a schedule, you know, your schedule is get up, walk. You know, all you have to think about is putting one foot in front of the other, where you're going to sleep that night, what you're going to eat whether you have enough money to pay for it <laughs> in our case because we weren't very well off at the time but it was it was just so freeing you had so much space to um to enjoy yourself to enjoy your company and to enjoy just the natural world around you without having to think about anything else mm-hmm. yeah i guess in many ways the camino would be one of my highlights um it it makes up like a whole month of time as well mm-hmm. and it's not that often that we've done one activity that's taken a month. So I think that's that's a part of it. Like we walked almost a thousand kilometers from Pamplona to um, Camino de San, uh, to Santiago de Compostela, the city. Then we um, kept going out towards the coast and walked to Mujia and um, via Finisterre. Via you have to Finisterre. mention Finisterre because it's the end of the world, right? The Finisterre, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was not intense, but it was, it was pretty intense. It was, it was meaningful. And for some reason, walking across a country felt very profound. Oh, it definitely was. I, I found it amazing. So would you call that your, one of your number one things as well? Or have you got something better? Yeah, well, that's probably my number one kind of experience, but I think because of time as well, like I've done hundreds of one to two day hikes and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's not quite the same as doing a thirty day hike. Yeah, I mean, we did the um, the West Highland Way as well, and that was mm-hmm. a week. Yeah, that was quite meaningful as well. But it didn't. I don't know. I don't think doing something like that, but longer, would have been as meaningful as the Camino. I think the Camino just had more going for it because uh, of the the cultural background, or yeah, the cultural background, the people who were on it. There was a lot more variation, and also, yeah, I just I just think. I don't know. It's really hard to explain. I just feel like I had more space there. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe on the West Highland Way, there were more towns or more people around. I don't know. It's very strange. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So if there's one thing that um, you're going to do, I guess we're going to suggest it's the Camino, um, which is a an old pilgrimage walk across the north of Spain. I would definitely recommend that. In fact, I'm going to recommend we do it again next year. How about we do it again next year? Can we do it again next year? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Well, okay. What's what's another one of your favourites? I suppose one of my favourite things was the time we spent in Perth, which is strange because we were there for six months. So again, it's another long one. We were there for six months and we just kind of lived there. And I mean, every day I was getting up and going to work and working and coming home and, you know, just, just living the life. 
but it was really nice. I mean, we had enough money to enjoy ourselves. We had enough money to enjoy ourselves, and also the weather was wonderful. I enjoyed my work. It just felt like a good place to be at the right time. Mm-hmm. So although we weren't traveling much, I did feel like I was experiencing the city, and it was awesome. Yeah, whereas I really struggled then because we were in one place. We weren't traveling. I didn't... Well, I had a really nice lifestyle, and it was nice rebuilding the bank account so we could plan for you know our next leg of the trip mm-hmm. where we'd really drain the bank dry. So that was enjoyable, but it, I don't know, it's its never going to be up there on my list. That's, that's a pity. I just really liked it because every day I'd get up. I had a routine, which is important for me. I could get up. When I was walking to work, I listened to podcasts. I got to walk through a park that had long neck turtles in it. That was so cool. And my school was great. All those students were quite nice and the teachers were nice. And there was a pool so I could go swimming after school if I wanted to, and I did. And then I'd come home and, you know, we'd... We'd drink champagne on the balcony and there was a nice breeze. And it was just lovely. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't agree. <laughs> what about you? What's one of your top top things? Uh, something, I was just trying to think of really memorable moments when I was thinking about my top things. Like what's stuff that kind of floats to the surface. And one of my most memorable things was being in Turkey. Now we went to Turkey three or four times, I think, for, for work and, and for personal and it was always fascinating. It was always refreshing. Um, but one time we went that I think I'll never forget. We were um, with a, a friend and colleague of ours, Kate, and we were walking along the street and we just ducked into a little kind of outdoor alfresco cafe. And it wasn't until we sat down that we realized that everyone else sitting out there was an elderly Turkish man. <laughs> and here I was with my little harem. Um, Very little harem. <laughs> yeah, well, only two. It's pretty good for an English teacher's salary. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we we sat down and we caused a bit of consternation and we just had the most amazing, friendly service. It was um, great. It was so amazing. Mainly from about a six to ten year old child um, who was obviously the only English speaker in the entire place. <laughs> and his grandfather kept on shooing him towards us to come and ask us what we'd like yeah. uh, with words like food. <laughs> Very good intonation, I have to applaud. <laughs> so we thought a menu was going to be coming out when we, when we said, yes, food. <laughs> he went away and didn't come back. But then eventually he did come back with, with food. food. <laughs> yeah. And then we were wondering how much all this was going to cost because we've got some tea as well and some juice and, you know. And it worked out to like $2 per person. Yeah. Absolutely ludicrously low. And we're like, are we, do we just stumble into the rip-off zone, you know, when people start giving you things without prices? Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And it was just, um, it was a really clear-cut example of some of the amazing hospitality and interesting people that we've met along the way and, People that we haven't connected with long-term, people we're not still friends with, but just a connection for an Mm -hmm. hour, a connection for a couple of hours that's been really, really meaningful while being short. Yeah, we had quite a few of those in Turkey, actually. I remember another time we were invited around to the governor's house when we were teaching in this town, and we had to go in the car for like 45 minutes, and we got there, and we were there with all the other teachers, the Turkish teachers, and we were eating, but the the governor and his wife and his family didn't speak any, any English at all. And then... His wife asked me, somehow managed to ask me to go into his, the, the son's room to say goodnight to him, and so I did. 
And they just seemed so grateful that I had done that. I'm like, what else was I going to do? Was I going to say no? And they plied me with gifts. And Craig didn't get any gifts at all. No, none at all. <laughs> none at all. But that was really cool. Okay, let's move on. What's another one of your favorites? Um, I suppose the EIA, EIA years were, would be a highlight. I'm thinking kind of big picture things rather uh-huh. than the moments because there are so many moments. But in terms of what was great for a long time, we were working for a company called English in Action. And instead of working for a school in one place and being stopped, we would go into high schools all across, mostly Austria, but also Italy and Turkey, and we'd deliver one-week programs of English. So instead of the students going to England for a week exchange, the teachers would go to them and then have English week. And it was great. It was great for the students because they got to practice their English with a native speaker. It was great for us because we'd be in Vienna one week, in Assisi the next week, in Istanbul the week after that, and quite often we'd have um, time free. So we might work for three weeks and then have two weeks off. So it was a great opportunity for us just to travel around all of Europe, basically. I remember once we had, um, we'd worked three weeks and we had a week off. And we thought, oh, well, let's just treat ourselves. We'll go to Czesko Krumlov in the Czech Republic. And we just went there for a week and we had enough money just to have a good time. And I remember sitting by the river, the little river, the river of Latava. And um, we were sitting outside a restaurant called the Three Marys. And it was freezing cold and they brought us blankets to keep us warm while we were waiting for our table to come ready. And we'd ordered hot mead. And we were sitting there just drinking our mead. And all of a sudden we looked at each other and just started to laugh because we knew just how good our life was. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was an unforgettable moment. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah. And I guess those EIA years were also the years that that year was really the year that the Indie Travel podcast began to to get some traction, I think. We had started it maybe about four months before. Mm-hmm. Um you know, with the intention of it becoming something like what it is today. But it was during that time that we were managing to record something at least twice every three weeks, say, and we managed to get some level of regularity. And I think it was during it was, that time that we made some interesting uh, recording choices, like recording in the uh, the laundry of a hostel or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I remember that recording the laundry of the hostel was hilarious because I was trying to do an interview with someone by, via Skype. And there was nowhere else that we could go in this hostel. So Craig was holding the laundry door shut. And then someone wanted to come in. So they, was, they were rattling the door. <laughs> and I'm trying to concentrate on the interview. It's absolutely hilarious. Oh, it was so funny. Okay, what's another one of your magic moments then? Um, well, since we're talking about that time, I guess being in Austria was a huge part of that because um, we spent... We did most of our our teaching contracts in Austria with EIA. Um, And one thing that I really enjoyed about it was the opportunity to go and spend a week in small little towns. Yeah, which you wouldn't normally do. That's right, that's right. I mean, you normally go to the cities, the mid-sized towns, but sometimes we're in little like farming communities or little towns that were the hub of a farming community. And sometimes Um, there were places you couldn't actually get to. The public transport didn't run there, you know, so yeah. you had to, we had to be picked up by someone from the nearest city or from the nearest train station or bus station. Yeah, so we're in, you know, several times we're in these small little towns, and one of them, um, Sandana Amaigen, is one that I'm really keen to go back to. It's in the, the wine-producing region of the, the southeastern border of Austria, and um, you could walk kind of... I think it was 50 metres away from uh, Slovenia. Um, I think it was a couple of kilometres. No, you could, you could walk for like half an hour and hit the border. 
from where we were. Yeah, so a couple of kilometres. Okay, whatever. Um, and so around there, they've got a walk called the the Winewig or the the Wine Walk or the Wine, the wine Way. And um, that all the wineries along it were closed when we were there because it was the middle of winter and it was below zero and it was snowing and it was cold. It was really cold. But um, we did this walk one day and it was kind of magical walking around the, the countryside in winter and in snow, whereas in Auckland, winter just means rain. So And cold. <laughs> yeah. But not that cold. I mean, that was really cold. Yeah. So, But that was just a really magical memory of being in one of these lovely small Austrian towns, eating amazing fresh food and drinking good local wines and yeah and just doing this walk just really cements that in my memory yeah i loved santana because it had the vinotech and at the end of the week we were supposed to leave on i think the saturday but on the saturday night they had this um yunker festival and so we went along to that and it was just amazing you could try all the new wines and so we tried it all we were kind of you know applauded as the the guests you know we've got visitors from New Zealand here, you know, which I suppose would be quite surprising. And it was just it was just awesome. Yeah. The Juncker Festival is kind of I don't know, how would you describe it? It's kinda of like the um the, the Nouveau Beaujolais, uh, when they do the, the new Beaujolais every year. Um Yeah, so it's it's baby wine. Baby wine, yeah. When yeah. we got to Vienna we, we tried some as well, but um it was a lot more expensive in Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> sure was. Sure was. I think we paid five dollars entrance five euros entrance fee and we could taste as many as we wanted all yep. night. Quick way to get drunk. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, what's one more thing? Um, if you're going to pull out one, one last favourite memory from your five years? Well, for me, I think one of my major things is couch surfing in South America, which we only did last year, so it's quite mm-hmm. fresh in my mind. But it just amazed me. I mean, we've been members of couch surfing for ages, but we only started using it well, exactly 12 months ago, pretty much, because we, we left for Chile a year ago yesterday. So, um, yeah, we, we were staying with all sorts of cool people. The people we stayed with first were amazing Maria Paz, and Christoph just really took us into their hearts, and as, as well as their house, obviously. And then we went to Temuco, and um, Felipe's mum just loved on us for the two days we were there. And just, I don't know, I just felt like we were really at home in South America when we were couch surfing. And, of course, having the opportunity to speak Spanish you know, wasn't too bad either. <laughs> sure, it wasn't. <laughs> addict. Addict. I'm just a little bit of an addict. What about you? Uh, my last one would probably be travelling around here, travelling around New Zealand. Um, you like those five-day road trips? <laughs> not the five-day ones so much, but the the, the two- to five-week ones, they're mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, I think I really enjoy the countryside here. I like getting out and hiking and knowing there's no snakes and no poisonous Mm. insects and next to no dangerous animals. And um, I like that when you hike here in New Zealand, if you go for two days, you need three days worth of food because it's likely that you won't see anybody and you're going bush. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Uh, Whereas hiking in Europe, I've always found you run into people so often it's... I don't know. I just I don't enjoy that. I like being being alone and and out in the wild. Um, so yeah, there's nothing quite like chucking a tent and a couple of sleeping bags in the back of the car, filling the glove box up with uh, with sweets and beginning to drive. Although we we have to remember not to have jelly based gelatin based sweets in the future. Yeah, they keep melting into <laughs> one solid block. 
That was a big disappointment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, road, road trips in New Zealand. And um, along with our New Zealand page, I've also just finished a, uh, a couple of guest posts over the Hostel Booker's blog with uh, how to how to do New Zealand in uh, in I think I, I I think I made it in uh, in a month. So rather can't do New Zealand. In a month. <laughs> <laughs> can't really do anywhere. But um, for people with one month to travel around New Zealand, extend your holiday, come for longer. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's a, a nice little post there or set of posts on cool. on things to see. So okay, two two quick questions then. Um, sightseeing questions. What was your favourite natural attraction? Something that's, you know, not man-made. Uh, probably the Salar in Bolivia. Although I was sick as a dog when we did our three-day trip through it. It was just amazing. I couldn't believe it. So flat, so white, and a really good opportunity for those perspective photos. What uh, about you? Okay, and oh, my one. I'm still unsure. I think. The thing that caught me by surprise the most was the Iguazu Falls. They were cool. I had heard about them. I had seen photos of them in calendars. Um, but I wasn't really expecting much. But I found it quite quite meaningful. Well, not meaningful. That's too, too stupid a word. Um, I was surprised by how powerful all of that water was. And it was spectacular. It was just terrifyingly amazing it was it was was awesome in the old sense of the word i was filled with awe and you were covered with water yes (laughs) (laughs) we were very very wet (laughs) okay and the other quick sightseeing question um if there was one man-made attraction you could go back to what would it be i wouldn't go back to anywhere i'd go somewhere new but (laughs) (laughs) i think the thing that impressed me the most was the whole sultanahmet region of istanbul Okay, um, I would probably pick the Hypogeum in Malta, which nobody's ever heard of. That is cool. It is um, a Stone Age temple, which is about two and a half stories deep, carved out of solid earth. So what these people were doing tens of thousands of years ago, digging a two-story to three-story deep temple out of solid earth. Oh, that I was have, rock, wasn't it? I have no idea. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. It's, it's Rock, solid rock. Yep. Okay, solid rock, solid earth, right. Um, it's solid. And they've, they've dug it down, and it was found in this guy's backyard when he was doing some illegal renovations, and the council found out about it. Lovely. And luckily, we now have the uh, have access to the Hypogeum today. I think it's one of Europe's most important cultural and historical places, and nobody knows about it, but it's, it's amazing. Well, it's like just over on Gozo, you've got the Gigantia temples, which are the oldest man-made structure in the world uh, freestanding structure freestanding structure yeah, yeah. over 6,000 years old and no one knows about those either <laughs> yep. they're pretty cool yep. so um, yeah I guess that's taken us from Oceania into Asia um, right around Europe back into the Americas and back down here to New Zealand again so that's uh, that's some highlights from five years on the road so let's talk about the community wisdom well richard writes in to let us know columbia is back to normal after the recent flooding which is very good news it is kirsty asks about guion and oviedo in northern spain steve wonders about his technology choices as he heads from the uk to vienna by coach chris was asking about clothing recommendations different brands gold is offering a free ride from christchurch to picton on february 25th 
So if and you're in New Zealand, that might be useful. Other people, not so, not so useful. <laughs> not so much. Uh, Kirsty was asking about the viability of visiting Istanbul, Berlin, Prague, or Vienna as a two- to three-day city break. Yeah, you really shouldn't do all of those at once. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> don't, don't do all of them in two to three days. And... Mm. We're about to upload photos from Antarctica, which is super exciting. My brother went there. He just got back yesterday. I am overwhelmed with jealousy, but his photos are very cool. They are. So you can uh, sign up with a free account to the Indie Travel Podcast community at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash community and uh, see all the new stuff that's happening by visiting the homepage. And don't forget, you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights slash hotels slash hostels, slash insurance when you're booking online. We also have travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. You can also visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon when you're shopping online or get great trial bonuses from our partners. One of them is a free audiobook with a two-week trial from Audible at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or slash audiobook. And you can get a two-week $1 trial of the Travel Hacking Cartel at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Travel Hacking. For some non-monetary ways of helping us out, tell your friends about Indie Travel Podcast. Invite them to our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash Indie Travel. Or leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. I think there might be some uh, some outtakes coming up after this. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, travel well. Um... I don't know, it's it's some of Europe's most important um, anth- anthropological, no? Anthropological, that one. It's, it's some of Europe, it's one of Europe's most important um, and, uh, anthropological. <laughs> People stuff. <laughs> Gotta do this all again. And I think it's one of Europe's most important kind of cultural and historical. <laughs> <laughs> what? Anthropological is about hard to say in front of a microphone. Yeah, I mean, you've only tried to say it 15 times. Is that why you've given up? Yeah. <laughs>